Today's program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn, New American Cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Don't laugh, Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Joe Campanelli. I'm here with, uh, as you can probably tell, a friend of mine, uh, Sarah Crathen, the co-owner of Sorella. Um, Sarah, I've known Sarah for many years now, even before they opened uh, Sorella. Um, and Sarah focuses on the front of house and the, the wine program there. Um, and, uh, I, I, I look at you, Sarah, as, uh, uh, definitely as a peer, but someone I have a lot in common with. We both opened up our restaurants when we were very, very much too young, <laughs> um, and, uh, have learned, uh, very much on the job, but, um, you've done exceedingly well, um, you're Forbes 30 under 30 and, uh, four stars in New York magazine. And I've been in, in several times, many times and. I'm a huge fan of what you guys do, so uh, I'm very excited to have you on the show. Thank you. It's really good to be here. <laughs> so yeah. tell us about uh, about your early life. Um, you're still in your early life, but... Yeah, uh, technically. Be- I feel old, but I am still pretty young. Uh, but before you opened up uh, Sorella, what, what, what had you been doing? Uh, well, I've always worked in restaurants. I started um, when I was 16 in high school. Um, and then I went to culinary school um, right after high school and ended up not wanting to cook, but still loving the front of the house. And then I uh, met who ended up being my business partner there, uh, Emma Hurst, and moved to New York, ran a, a restaurant in Soho for a little bit, and then we just kind of went for it. Yeah, you were at uh, Zoe in yes. Soho. Yeah, that was my first New York City job. And tell us about that. Unfortunately, Zoe's not uh, not with us anymore. It's not there anymore, but definitely uh, an experience. It was a a staple. It was kind of like uh, my mentor in in college, John Storm. And I wanted, I really wanted to work for Danny Meyer. Actually, it was like my my dream. And he kind of said that Zoe was like a feeder for Union Square hospitality, and it would be a good place because I really wanted to be a manager because I didn't. I don't know, I guess I didn't realize that managing restaurants is one of the worst jobs in the world at the time. <laughs> um, so I, I went to Zoe, and I got to work with um, Stephen Lafredo, who is still someone that I'm friends with. He's a consultant now. He does a lot of great stuff. Um, but, yeah, Zoe was a, it was really busy when I worked yeah. there. We were doing crazy brunches. It's a, it's a retail store, like most things in Soho now. But And that, now it's it's in fashion and and completely acceptable to have lots of american wines on on your list but i feel like zoe was that was the it was the first like all american list and it was a crazy list it was huge it's a really big list and i had to count the bottles every night you had to count all the bottles every Every night night. we do inventory every night wine yeah so do you make do you make uh, do you, your manager to count no. the bottles every no, single night? No, but I try to explain to her whenever she complains about what she has to do, all the things that I had to do that she doesn't, but she doesn't get it. And how did, how did guests receive this all American wine list at the time? Were they like, 
uh, people loved it. They was yeah. like it was sought out for it. There were definitely like a lot of like big, like it was a, it was a big lunch place. And there were all these like that was my biggest experience with regulars in New York. Like people from all the different businesses around there, and there were some like guys who came in just for really expensive bottles of American wine for lunch, and they wouldn't finish it. I got to drink a lot of really good American wine when I worked there. Because yeah, people really liked American wine. I think they still do. I think they still do, yeah. And uh, I think they're liking it even more. Uh, yeah, it's definitely an easier sell than Italian, you know. It's like every, I think every table always says, like, I don't know much about Italian wine. It's like the opener for yeah. every, every But I've guest. been to Napa. I've been to the North Fork or the Hamptons, maybe the Finger Lakes. You hear people who have been to a lot of these regions but maybe right. haven't been to regions in Italy. No. And tell no. us about uh, your time at CIA. Um that so that's a culinary program, but yeah. did, you ended up focusing on the front of house. Uh, I mean, I, I went through the culinary program, and then I became a fellow in one of the restaurants doing front of the house. Um, so we, it was basically like managing a restaurant, and we had a new a new class every two weeks. So we had to do like a full staff training and open for service every two weeks. It was like an opening every like, twice a month, which was a lot of fun. And when people come to you and ask uh, about your time at culinary school, do you do you recommend going to culinary school? Oh, I'm one of the big advocates for the for the CIA, and I know there's all this like there's always all this hype and and people at the CIA, and I think there was like a walkout recently because they're so angry at the standard of student, like all of these things. But I went with oh yeah, no, there, there were students who weren't wearing like clean no, chef's like, totes yeah, or, or something. Like I that. don't even know. It's like they they're letting anyone in now. You don't have to have as much experience, and they're accepting front of the house experiences restaurant experience for for culinary school and I mean I went to culinary school with only front of the house experience and I wanted to learn it I thought that's why you go to school but I was surrounded by people who had been working in in kitchens for a long time who were really good it was very intimidating but I loved it I learned something new every day I had a great time and with any degree you know you do what you're gonna do with it it doesn't you can't like say like oh all the students are bad at the CIA because there's like a bad like, there's plenty of bad people who mm-hmm. come out of any program. But. but what about the argument where some people say that uh, your, your time's better spent working in a restaurant? I, th- I think it's different for everyone. I mean, I needed to learn the basics. I had no idea. I had never cooked when I went to culinary school. And I mean, I cooked at home. I, my mom cooked sometimes. She didn't use salt. That was a really hard thing for me to understand. It was like handfuls of salt. It looked like so much to me, but it was the right amount. And um, I, I think that it's 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 different for everyone. I have friends who've done both, who've worked in restaurants and kitchens forever and went to culinary school and maybe regret it sometimes. I know, like, I mean, Emma, my partner, she hated culinary school. She, it's not something that she's, like, happy about, but I think it's different. But she met you at culinary school. Yes, that's the good thing that came <laughs> out of it, and she'll say that, too, but... She didn't have the best time, and she, but she was one of those people who just, like, she knew how to cook, so she didn't really feel like, she felt like it was kind of boring for a while, and I, I just found it to be really exciting. And when you and Emma first met, was it an instant click, and no, you guys were no, both no. friends? Or? No, we hated each other at first. It was like a, it was like a saga, but uh, she came through, when I was a fellow, she came through the the restaurant as a as a student and I would see her all the time and I didn't know who she was but she would eat in the restaurant all the time and I didn't I don't know we just had like this thing and I apparently was not very nice to her and she noticed it and I didn't realize it it ended up her dad actually connected us because she was it was like her birthday and he called and he wanted us to sing happy birthday to her in the kitchen and she was back there and I like 
talked to this man and I was like, this guy's like the coolest guy I've ever talked to. His daughter's got to be cool. Like I, I, I must have, I must have overlooked it. I should, I should give it a chance. So I like tried to talk. I tried to talk to her that day, but I like accidentally made it worse. And then we just became friends. <laughs> Wait, how do you go from accidentally making it worse to just becoming friends? I, I don't. I, I I'd like started the conversation, yeah. but the big joke was that it was her birthday, and her dad told me that she was turning twenty, and she had been coming to the restaurant and drinking there for, I mean, I don't know how long. And I was like a real stickler for underage drinking always, because I grew up in Key West, and that was a big deal there. Um. So on her way out of the kitchen, when the chef sent her home because it was her birthday, and on her way out of the kitchen, I said, "Happy birthday!" Now I know how old you are. I don't know why I said that, but it sounded like it sounded like I was going to get her in trouble, and she was like really, really angry and called her parents, freaked out, yelled at her dad for calling the school, <laughs> and then we just kind of started talking a little bit each day. And I, I, as I said, I really wanted to work for Danny Meyer, and she had done her externship at Union Square, mm-hmm. so she was like, "I'll take you for dinner there. I'll introduce you to some people." and we did that. We had like a date in New York City, and I'd I'd never really enjoyed being in Manhattan. I would come in and like go to Grand Central and stay kind of around there, like Central Park, and that was it. And I'd go back up to school. And we just had this amazing day together, and we sat. And she was like, "We're going to be roommates someday, and we're going to open a restaurant together." And I was like, "Okay." It all happened <laughs> it all during happened. that that one dinner. One was dinner, brought we up. decided. Yeah, it wow. was one night. Yeah. And then when you got back, did you start planning the restaurant right away, or what uh, was well, the process? Well, she she was actually still in school, so I um, and I had accepted the job at Zoe. I mm-hmm. went with her to this dinner, knowing I already had a job, but I figured I'd meet people anyway. Um, and then you know she started coming to the city when she could, and I was still working at Zoe. And then we kind of like we always talked about it, but we thought we had to do something first. Like we didn't, you know, you, you know this, like how do you, how do you prepare yourself for opening a restaurant? There's no real way. There's no, there's no right or wrong way. I don't think to figure it out. So we just started doing catering so that we could meet people. Um, and then we met people like you. We ended up convincing someone to believe in it. We went to Italy. We spent, I think like three weeks in Italy um, which in our heads we were there for like three months, but when we started talking about it years later, it was like no, it was actually just a couple weeks, wasn't it? And then yeah, we just opened a restaurant. And uh, do you still is that catering company still going? Are you still continuing no, that? no, it never really went anywhere. <laughs> I really like the name, um, but and I would like to, maybe I'll revive it someday because I really love catering, but. No, we don't. We, we we let that one go. And tell us about your time in Italy. Where where were you? I uh, imagine we, mostly in Piedmont. We spent well. We were all over the place, but we started in Piedmont. Mm-hmm. So we um we spent some time in in Torino, and then we were in Alba and all around like Monforte and Barbaresco and Barolo, and we drank and ate really really well. It was during the truffle festival actually, so. Um, Alba was amazing. It just smelled like truffles. We, and we just stayed, walking and we, through the streets, yeah, right? and we were staying across from the N- Nutella factory, so we'd wake what? up to the smell of Nutella and then like smell truffles all day. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> and uh, um, but we did some. From there, we went through like Emilia Romagna, and then we were in some different places in Tuscany, and finished the trip in Rome. And I can see why uh, why Piedmont, though, especially at that time, was really influential to you. That, well, that yeah, the we, restaurants, in a way, Piedmontese. Had, yeah, we had we had gone to Italy with the like we don't we don't really know what direction we wanted to go with Italian. We just knew we both really loved Italian. Um, and Piedmont was like sealed the deal as soon as we were there. We went to like the restaurants were so old and they were family run, and that's all we were trying to like do in New York. It wasn't. We knew we were young. We knew we were we wanted something small. 
<clears throat> we wanted to cater to uh, restaurant industry people like ourselves. So it was an, uh, it was just like it spoke to us, everything about it, the hospitality more more than anything else. We were nobodies, but we like mentioned we wanted to open a restaurant, and you were just like treated like gold. And they would talk to you about everything. And we had like we had like a walking tour of a of an old of of Monforte with like this crazy restaurant owner who like spent the whole day with us and was like just like gave us gifts at the end everywhere we went they would give you a gift it was just well i'm sure it didn't hurt that you were two young attractive (laughs) american women i don't like to think like that i think (laughs) that we were just really talented yeah a combination of your wits (laughs) that you're in the industry and that you're both uh very pretty uh Uh, i mean you know we were we were definitely eating a lot back then so i don't know (laughs) no it was it that maybe that helped i don't know I, I knew you guys moving. when you were 23, and, you know, and, and you were you were still uh, you were very attractive. <laughs> um, okay, so you you get back to New York, and uh, is it immediate? You you start looking for uh, a, a a new location, and it's you know well, full we started, speed ahead. We we like started like everyone does. The first thing we did was start trying to develop a menu, which mm-hmm. is funny because in culinary school, I had a chef who once said that the first thing anyone does, any chef does when they're trying to open a restaurant is think about the menu and that shouldn't be the first thing you think about, but of course it was the first thing we were thinking about. Um, and then we just cut, we like started to work on a business plan, even though you can't really rely on a business plan in a restaurant, I don't think. Um, so we started that and then started looking for locations after we f- figured that out. We knew we wanted to be downtown. We originally thought East Village, but it was kind of overpopulated with a bunch of stuff. So we started looking in the Lower East Side, and we found like a really obscure location that was a really good deal, and just kind of happened. It happened really fast. I didn't even believe it was happening until the night it opened. Wow. Wow. And yeah, and that location uh, has kind of it's gotten much more busy since since you've opened. There's been yeah, a there's push a lot, towards that There's stuff that area. happening still, but it's still a we. I mean, Allen Street is still like. Oh, is off the beaten yeah. path. There's Across from the Chinese restaurant yeah, with the with funny flashing lights. flashing lights. That's why our sign lights up. We were just trying to compete, but theirs is lit way better. They have more experience with it, clearly. And all the different colors. It's really big. But I love your, you're kind of walking through Chinatown, you're going on, on Allen Street, and then you find this oasis. It's it's so comforting and cozy, but really elegant in there. And that's what we always wanted, and, and we get a lot of uh, people who ask why we have riddling racks or why we have wood on the door which is riddling racks we have like the front is covered in riddling racks and we wanted to get away from Chinatown like we didn't we didn't want you to sit at our bar and have a street view of that we wanted you to pretend you were someplace else like that was the idea of it maybe it's a little too hidden <laughs> at times but people knock on the door sometimes <laughs> you probably do better if we just locked the door well I, I, I love the uh I, I love the decor. I, I feel like it's it's super cozy, especially on these like cold winter nights. It's uh, just a great. It's too cold to go anywhere in this weather, but yes, it is a good duck away. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you more about uh, about the wine program and your inspirations there. Okay. So, we'll be right back. You're listening to Burgundy by the Hollows on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. 
following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. We're back on In the Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm here with Sarah Crathen, co-owner of Sorella. Um, Sarah, tell us about uh, about the wine program there. I've always uh, really enjoyed uh, the wines. I feel like you have a lot of small producers, all Italian. Um, yeah, that was the that was the goal. It was actually you were you were one of my wine list inspirations. If you remember when I like made you meet with me one one morning a long time ago about how to write a wine list because I had never done it before. You gave me some good pointers and rules. Um, but yeah, I just focus on small producers, kind of obscure things. I like finding different varietals that people don't necessarily know about. Um, definitely a lot from Piedmont. Young wines because we're young. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. I just, I, I, if a wine has a story, I fall for. I'm, I always fall for a good story. I love that. Well, I hope that I was helpful to you at, at that time. You were. You were really helpful. You gave me really good advice. But I, re- I had never done it. I didn't. I'd never. I'd never even been a wine buyer. I was like, I could pour wine. I could open wine. I could talk about wine in a way that I understood wine, but never about like the fancy stuff. When did you start to feel comfortable as a as a wine buyer? I'm still trying to. Get, <laughs> um, I I guess I just once once it was done once the list was done mm-hmm. and the first like the first big buy the first buy was like a lot of fun that was that was pretty big um, and then it was it was good I have I work with people that I like I like if a if I don't like a rep I won't work with them anymore I think that's a big part of it um, and that that's something that makes it more comfortable and you have to set boundaries and once everybody kind of knows your rules it's it's fun to do yeah in the beginning it's awful and like just like anyone shows up and like no appointment they're just banging on your door no idea what you might have going on but yeah I'm, i'm good with it now yeah i mean that that was for me the big change when i realized 
wait a second, I need to set up systems and boundaries and ways. Otherwise, the wine reps will just come and they'll just come and they'll come at all bad hours and bring yeah, stuff and you, you don't care you, it's about. It's easy to fall for it in the beginning, too, because it's just like exciting and you yeah. love wine and all these people are showing up. Yeah, like, wait a second. Oh, I can taste wine. You want, you want me to taste wine? Sure, I'd Yeah, love I can to. taste it's, all of this stuff? Like, right sure. now? It's 10 in the morning? Okay. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't a good idea. I shouldn't. Have, I should have arranged that on a better schedule. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your cookbook that just came out. Uh, yep. So the Sorella cookbook came out um, at the end of October. It was released. Um, it's a really fun book. Uh, it's, uh, God, um, Emma's recipes, um, even though she's not at the restaurant anymore. Um, a lot of things that have been on the menu, a lot of favorites that people love. And um, it's actually a usable cookbook. It's really, we wrote it to be like fun and young mm-hmm. um it's got a lot of little stories and kind of you have some cocktail vignettes. recipes in there, there cocktail recipes there are drink notes with some recipes for pairings like also like what you should drink while you're cooking something oh, and i like then, that well, what's yeah. a tip for what you should drink while you're cooking? i mean it depends so like i i make, make jokes about like if it's like a harder thing like have like a stiff cocktail to kind of loosen up so that you can have fun while you're cooking but um it was just something we thought of because when when we had our catering company and when Emma and I were roommates, we always like were testing recipes in our apartment. Like that's where we did it all because we were roommates. So we would always you know have something to drink while we were t- recipe testing. And when this all came about, it was like, hey, we should bring that <laughs> we should bring that into this because it was a big part of what we did. So it's a great book. Um, it's lots of pictures, like like fashiony photos. It's very colorful. It's a great book. Yeah. I, I really like. There's a photo of you uh, stretching, going for a yeah, run. Yeah, going for a run. Yeah, we did it. We put a special little bit in in the book about um, about like exercise, just because it's something that I think um, is really important for people in our industry to to find something that they can focus on. That's like a healthy thing. We have plenty of of bad habits between like the all the drinking and the eating, and we both found Pilates, and then I started running. So. They wanted to. We wanted to put that in the book in some way to kind of bring awareness to the fact that you can't just you can't do it forever. You can't yeah. Just eat and drink all you want. When did you find running? Uh, I started running. I guess it's been like three years now. Yeah, I had the same the same experience. The first couple of years of uh, opening up the restaurant, um, I definitely let myself go to a certain yeah. extent. <laughs> Um, you know, it was uh, getting out of the restaurant at, at midnight, 1 a.m., and then you're starved. And yeah, that's, that was definitely a bad one. And eating and then going directly, eating and drinking, going directly to sleep <laughs> uh, is not the healthiest. No, it's uh, not ideal. And you guys are down in Chinatown. I'm sure there was a lot plenty of, like, of stuff to plenty of trouble to get into. I I also ate at Sorella like every night for the first year. It was I was there closing. We were open till two. I was like. I had pasta. I used to eat the pate, which isn't on the menu anymore. It was like a chicken liver mousse with a fried egg and bacon on top. It's like, I can't even imagine taking a bite of that anymore. It would kill me. <laughs> but yeah, running is, um, I think, the the mental part of it also. Just like that, I think, um, I actually see this uh, really funny massage therapist. And she, for the first like year I saw her, she would constantly say to me that I wasn't exhaling, that I didn't know how to exhale. And I was like, no, I d- I'm definitely breathing. I'm talking. I must be breathing. And she'd be like, no, but you don't, you're not exhaling, like actually just like letting it out. 
and when you run you have to so it's like if i don't like my it's like my my chance to breathe for the day i love that i miss seeing you on the on the west side highway we used to our, each our other. schedules are different oh wait no, no no you left you left campus yeah i you left, left campus campus it was uh, you, me, and Colin from Fatty Crab. And- yeah, I still, I still run with Colin from time to time. We still, we still get out there. I run with John Winterman from Danielle because he oh, was in the neighborhood. John. There's like a lot of restaurant people in the West Village, and you see them running. It's like a nice, it's a nice little thing. Yeah, and one of uh, one of our great wine reps, uh, Adrian Chalk. I don't know if you know Adrian from. He's uh, he, from Angel Share. I see him. He has a, a great lab, and they're always running on on that west side. Um, so, t- so Emma moved away. This was your business yes. partner and your, and your roommate and your Best friend. friend, yeah. She moved to, uh, Hawaii, to the North Shore of Oahu. Why would she Can't, ever want to leave I, I this for... The, this beautiful <laughs> winter wonderland? I don't, I can't imagine. Uh, no, she did. She decided she wanted to take a little break from, from cooking and kind of regroup, um, I think that's the other side of doing it really young is that you kind of can realize, like, wait a second, what have I done with my 20s? I want to do something else, Um, which she ended up wanting to do, and she uh, has a house on the water. It's very nice. She is getting island fever and coming back to the mainland for a bit um, in a couple months, so I'll get to see more of her, and that's exciting. But, yeah, she left, and I hired um, our opening sous chef to become the chef of Sorella. Her name is Molly Nickerson. She was... um, at Maria right before she came to us and she's been the chef now for a little over a year and she really I don't know we she gets it she she's one of those people who just really gets it her food is fantastic and what was that transition ever. like for for you uh personally don't have to go too uh, <laughs> personally, you but. know what it was it was fine it was it was the right thing to do you know it's kind of like it was it was the most mature conversation I think we've had it was, it was just like the right time it was the right thing to do and and it was exciting to work with a new chef and mm-hmm. have like that kind of thing, you know, like being roommates and best friends and working together for a long time. It's not that we were, you know, not getting along or anything, but it's it's nice to have like a fresh set of eyes come in and be like, oh, I want to do this a little differently. I mean, she took some things off the menu right away that I thought would never come off the menu. And I was like at, scared at first. But then after it was like, oh, that was a really <laughs> it was a really good move that did need to come <laughs> off of the menu. And I was attached to it for no good reason. She's put a lot of, um, she's kind of dialed it back to very, very Italian. I think um, Emma will say she was a, she had ADD and she would go someplace or travel someplace and then come back. Like she would go to Hawaii every year and come back and all of a sudden we would have like something really, really. Pineapple ravioli or something. No, no, she did like a, it was like a Thai play on an orchietti with like duck and peanuts and cilantro. It was like like kind of Asian there was like a little bit of fusion happening and it was all really good but I just there were some times where I was like all right I'm getting a little confused here where is Piedmont I don't see it anymore so she really uh Molly coming in and doing like a Vitello Tonato dish was just like a, a nice like oh yeah this this is this is the good stuff this is what I remember well, I have to. I mean, I have to agree. Throughout the various stages, from when you first opened um, to a few years back when we went after that the Forbes party, and, and I just went with my girlfriend Alyssa uh, a couple of months ago. Now, um, it's always been really, really delicious. Always found delicious things to drink there and eat. Oh, and one of the cool things that that you've done that you don't see around too much is having a selection of Italian craft beers, even on tap which uh, yeah. I think is pretty awesome that you guys yeah, do. Yeah, that was, 
that was an, that was definitely Emma who wanted. I I I'd be lying if I said I liked beer. I just don't like beer. So um, that's that's always actually been a challenge. I have to trust like. I always find like someone on staff to be like, okay, you taste this beer. Is this is a good beer? Because they all taste the same to me. Uh, but yeah, we did. We tried to. We found this really cool um, company that was do, working with uh, Union Beer, mm-hmm. and they were bringing in like crazy craft beers from like Piedmont in kegs. And it's like you never really know what you're gonna get. Like the size of the keg is is, is weird, and they're really expensive, but they are really cool. Most of them have a really good story. So yeah, try to try to do something different. All right, and then um, a few years back, you opened up Stellina as well. Stellina is our little uh, gelato outpost. We started our, we do like our funky gelato at Sorella. I think you know about it, um, and we've it's something people really like. So we decided to kind of branch out and do just a gelato focus. It's just a, it's a takeout window on on the street now. We, kind of we turned the the seating of it into another dining room for Sorella it seemed to make more sense but yeah nice. it's our little gelato brand <laughs> I love I love 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 the gelato there well it's fun it, we we take like some Italian classic but mm-hmm. it's it's pretty it's pretty American for like the flavors and they and and we like name them crazy things yeah and you have like that soft with. creamy gelato yeah but the then... te- as far as texture I think that I think that we nailed it it's hard you have when you have gelato in Italy you know this like you yeah. come back and you're just like it's it's just not the same you can't find it and it is it's that texture so we tend to make everything t- it's too cold here we just like feel like the gelato is too hard it should be like soft and like melty even yeah. awesome Sounds it's <laughs> so I want gelato right I don't care <laughs> that it's like 10 degrees outside this winter I want gelato uh, right yeah when people come to Stellina this in, in this weather we're like you are Respect. you're a trooper <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what you love and do you have anything planned for uh, for the horizon anything coming up soon um you know I'm 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 I don't know no just <laughs> just at Sorella um, not like you I don't have another another restaurant yet uh, but no we're just kind of trucking along enjoying it still having fun so most nights we can come and see you at Sorella yeah right. yeah years <laughs> later I mean we just turned five so that's kind wow, of wow congratulations weird right yeah that's right you, you just had your fifth birthday yeah December 1st through a, through a big party <laughs> it's a good party um, well, if you guys haven't been, I, I encourage you to uh, to check out Sorella. It's it's just such a, a great little oasis in that in that area. It still has that that cozy, warm vibe. Uh, the food is killer. The wine list is awesome, and gelatos are delicious. Yes, <laughs> dessert in general, actually. Um, and thanks so much for listening. Uh, Sarah, oh, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me on this cold, cold day. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see each other. All right. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back next week on In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. 
Thanks for listening.